away. Right. Righto. So, yeah. yeah, we're going to talk about goal setting this week, but what were you just uh, saying then? Well, Rob, I just yeah, come across a few interesting studies, which I'm sure uh, Mick is also going to uh, give us some information on. But, yeah, some interesting studies on goal setting. Uh, I, I listened to a lady, uh, Dr. Emily Belcetus, Belcetus. Uh, on Huberman's hum- podcast, butchered that name. I oh, know. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Apologies to Dr. Emily, uh, but yeah, she was quite interesting. Just um, you, you think about goal setting as like, oh, I'll just say I'm going to do something, and I'm going to do it. That's but pretty much what I've brought to the show. <laughs> show over. All right, it's been great talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess to achieve a goal, there's a whole lot more to it, isn't there? There's a whole lot more in you know, the process, mentally and emotionally. Mm. Is that about people's different mental states or abilities? Like you said, Matty, you're a kind of person that would just go, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it. Maybe your mindset is like that. It's probably like learning, isn't it? Probably everyone has a different method that works for them. Like some mm. people like to like read stuff and some people like to get spoken word given to them or whatever and maybe goal setting is the same. Like yeah. people just have something that sort of works for them. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But I bet you any money, anyone listening to this – He's going to have a new goal come the new year. I, I, I think I read somewhere uh, 95% of um, goals are made as New Year's resolutions or something like that you know, in the start of start of January. Is that or, a good or a bad or thing? Or is it 95% of them fail? The ones that are made probably at the fail. start of January, uh, yeah. 95% of them fail. It's probably both. Probably 95% are made in January and probably 95% of those also fail. Fail. Because... Well, yeah, it's obviously a topic we need to talk about, isn't it? Because yeah. obviously people do have goals that they don't achieve mm. and there's a reason for that. So We've got our guru psychologist over there in Queensland. Sure do. How you going, mate? How are you guys? Everyone getting on well? Yeah, mate. Yeah, it's a lovely day over here. How's the weather over there in Queensland? Can we get it that out? Bloody, bloody hot over here. Uh, oh, boo-hoo. It has been 38. Uh, 37, 38, but max humidity. Um, we've just started to get our first sort of rain today, actually, for, for the wet season. Oh, so, wow. Must be um, really tough living in a tropical paradise right near the beach, mate, with lovely weather. <laughs> oh, heart goes out to you. Yeah. No, no, I'm <laughs> certainly not complaining, mate. Certainly not complaining. So kick um, us off, Mick. Kick us off with some goal, some goal setting info. What can you yeah, give us? Look, look this, is, uh, this is one that I'm... Yeah, it was motivation uh, and it was a unit that I absolutely gobbled up when we did it um, as a part of my psychology degree. And it's it's such a diverse topic. Uh, it's a wide ranging topic uh, because obviously as individuals, we're all wired very, very differently. Um, but, uh, you know, we sort of discussed as, as a team guys heading into the new year, uh, you know, we're always looking to add value to our own lives, but also our listeners. And, and so we started to speak about goals and, and how they work. And I think um, if we start off, I guess, with, with a couple of helpful tips for setting goals, I think one of the most important ones that comes up, uh, I think, regularly across uh, many different books and uh, different psychological frameworks and all that sort of thing is if you're setting a goal, make it specific. And it doesn't matter who it is. uh, Everyone seems to speak to the level of success in terms of goal attainment 
being directly relative to how specific a goal is set. And, I, and so I think if, if people are heading into a new year, Maddie, you were just, I think someone was just saying, I think it was Maddie, that a lot, you know, a lot of goals fall over uh, before they sort of start when people set goals for the new year. I think a lot of the time it's because they're referencing back into something they didn't achieve in the year previous, mm. but then they're not actually being specific enough about the goal that they set. Uh, and so, yeah, as I said, the level of precision around that goal will is is directly proportionate um, a lot of the time in, in many, many of the studies that I've looked at to, to goal attainment. So if we were to break that down, guys, you know, let, let's talk about a goal like weight loss. People might set out um, and a really poorly structured goal might be something like, uh, okay, I'm a hundred kilos. I'd like to get down to 20 kilos. Sounds doable. Now, yeah. So, so, so depending on, you know, a variety of factors there, but what we, what, what I, what I would always do uh, with sitting down with someone in order to work towards that goal is, is then we have to flesh it out. We have to add meat to it. So, so not only would that be about saying, okay, well, here's our starting point. Let's say the start of the new year, January one, what's the time period that I'm giving myself to, to achieve that goal. Okay. I'd like to have that goal achieved by, you know, the end of March. Fantastic. So then we break down that 20 kilos over that period of time. But then we need to add further flesh in. So uh, differently to what I'm presently doing, what am I going to do in order to achieve that goal? So again, some people might write down something like, well, I'm going to go to the gym or um, I'm going to, I'm going to eat better. But again, it's about the specifics in terms of what that actually looks like. So I'm going to, so, so I always, when I, when I work with people that I'm working with goals on, we set a goal and then we work backwards and we're quite forensic about how we do that. So, you know, for, for a weight loss goal like that, what we'd be looking at doing is, okay, how active are you at the moment? I, I go for two or three walks a week or whatever. Okay. We want to incorporate in some strength and conditioning training. We want to up our daily steps to 10,000 steps. So how many days a week are we going to be going to the gym? How many days a week are we hitting those step targets? What does my diet look like? How many, how many times a week am I drinking? The more that we can add specifics into that goal, I think nine times out of 10, it will, it will absolutely drive people toward, uh, toward hitting, hitting the target at the end. The second thing that I think is is really really important, particularly for long-term goals, is having micro micro steps along the way. So we want to have these little check-in points, and these check check-in points, no matter what the goal, are really really important because it keeps people engaged in long-term goal attainment. So you know, like some people might set out to achieve a goal like uh, I want to save. I want to save twenty thousand dollars this year. You know, I want to. I want to save twenty grand. I want to, you know, wipe a big amount, a chunk of money off my mortgage. But then, as you guys know, sometimes through the year for a goal like that, things pop up. You know, whether it's one of the kids getting sick or uh, something happens with the car or something like that. Those mini crises along the way can be really, really deflating for people when they're working towards a goal. And so it's important to have the check-in points so that we can go, okay, 
I might not have achieved this part of this goal here, but what are my reasons for it? Is there something that I need to adjust in terms of the specifics in order to drive me further towards success? Or was it just a, you know, was it just a crisis that was out of my hands and I'll be able to account for that over future months? So specifics is a really, really important one. And micro check-ins is absolutely massive, no matter what the goal is. Uh, for checking in along the way and making sure you're on track. So those check-in points you could actually uh, phrase as like short-term goals, so multiple short-term goals leading up to and and related to your long-term one. Absolutely. Because that was one of the points that I I sort of took out of uh, looking into the goal setting was short-term goals uh, to enhance long-term achievement, visualisation and self-talk. And during the looking at short-term goals, I, um, I come across this study that uh, showed that humans and animals become more more energetic the closer they are to obtaining a, a desired object or a goal. So uh, they did this, this little experiment uh, with, with rats. They made them familiar with a, a maze. Uh, and then, then the next step of that was to put a food source at the end of a maze. Uh, they attached these sort of like... Um, and they'd be quite cute little jackets on the rats uh, with a sensor to monitor their um, their their pull or their their resistance against that uh, that feed. So they let the the rats through this maze. They continued through, and as they got closer to the end of that maze where the food was, where they knew the food was, the tension on that uh, thing became a lot stronger. So a lot stronger than where they were at the start of the maze which is a little bit sort of like representative of a person with a goal. You know, you, you do start off, say you've got a long-term goal and you haven't really uh, implemented short-term goals to achieve that long-term one. It's quite daunting mm. to look at, look at that goal and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to knock off 20 grand off my mortgage in 12 months or I'm going to lose uh, 20 kilos or 30 kilos in six months. If you break it down, then, yeah. you know, there's no reason really to have goals that are too far away. So the more short-term goals you've got, then the more chance you've got of greater momentum and energy on the path to achieving that long-term goal. Does that make sense? Yep. Mm. So the challenge of achieving a long-term goal is made easier and more enjoyable by more attainable regular interval short-term ones. That makes sense. Mickey or, or you guys in general, do you reckon there's a certain personality type where it's valuable only to set a short-term goal that's more achievable rather than having a, a longer-term, uh, like daunting goal? Like if you're very overweight, you're 150 kilos and your goal is you want to lose 70 kilos or something huge like that, like a really big goal. Do you think for some people, like not even mentioning the 70 kilo goal so they don't get too daunted and just having a shorter-term one and using a series of shorter-term ones? Or is it good to have it in context and have both? Mate, I reckon you're spot on. Because, you know, that old analogy like eating an elephant, you know, it's daunting, you've got to eat it one piece at a time sort of thing and not think about the whole thing. Do you think there are certain – like for me, I almost find if I set a goal, if I set a really daunting goal, it's easier for me than setting like quite an achievable one? But I think the reverse would be true for a lot of people as well, where sometimes they might look at something and go, oh, my God, I can never lose 70 kilos or I can never save $100,000 for a home loan deposit or whatever. That's too far out. It's I'm too far. Gonna I'm never going to do it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just going to give up. Maybe I'll get to five grand, you know, or maybe I'll lose five kilos. That's as much as I can do. Yeah. Do you reckon sometimes it's easier to almost 
not trick them, but assist them by using a different method, which would be sort of like just short-term goals. I don't know. Is that a thing, Mickey? What's your opinion I on that? That's what you're talking about. Can yeah. I just butt in yeah. with another study just to reinforce what you said there, Smithy? Okay. There was this study that showed that um, it was like a psychological sort of study that people who are less fat, obese or overweight see or visualise physical, physical objectives, maybe like, you know, a mountain to climb or a distance to run or a weight to push um, as further, harder, heavier um, or more challenging than a person who is uh, more fit. So they, they, they perceive that, that um, performance to achieve a goal as a lot harder or they, achieve, they look at that goal as harder to attain than a person who is maybe fitter, more sound, um, more capable. So I reckon that's a, a good point for people to keep in mind, particularly like in the new year when you know, the festive season's uh, over and people are looking at physical fitness and health goals. If you're a person that is uh, overweight or, or unfit, be aware of that because when you do set your goal or even as you progress to start achieving that goal and you think, oh, this challenge, this task, this is too hard. This is too hard for me. But that's just your your brain sort of telling you your, your, your physical capabilities. Or, do you know what I mean? It's, um, it's hard to explain, but they do see that that objective is harder than someone that is more capable or fitter. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Doesn't it? I think, I think for things that are difficult, uh, I think that uh, even high achievers though, um, it doesn't, well, I guess what I'm saying here is it doesn't even have to be a long term uh, thing like losing 70 kilos. It, it, it can be um, it can be smaller than that, but I, I totally agree with what you're saying, Maddie. And I, I had an example of this um, just in the last week. We've we, um, working with some high performance high performance um, kids over here in Queensland uh, for, for running. Um, so we've got a squad of about 15 kids. Um, they're all I, I would say state quality runners, um, high high achievers, high, highly motivated, all that sort of thing. And what's been happening is as the weather has heated up here, the kids will arrive uh, to the interval session and what's the first question that they'll ask? What do you think? Uh, is it going to be hot today? I don't know. How, how far are we running today? Yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing? Right? And what they're looking to do is compartmentalise and, and instantly go, fuck, this is either going to be really, really fucking hard or okay, we can work through that. It's so, interesting. Yeah, and so I played around with that um, in order. <laughs> not that they knew this at the time, but uh, as a, as a bit of an experiment. That's myself, an evil laugh there, mate. <laughs> yeah, the first few weeks, I actually wrote the session down and I told them exactly what they'd be doing. Yeah. And and just to put this in context, this isn't easy stuff. This is, um, you know, we we might have done a pyramid run where we went. Um, you know, 10 minutes warm up into a stretch, uh, a dynamic stretch. And then the main set might be something like uh, 100 metres at max uh, with a short rest, 200 metres at max, short rest, 300 metres at max, short rest, 400 metres at max, short rest, 500 metres at max, short rest, and then back down four, three, two, one. That's a solid session. Um, now that's a that this is a solid session, particularly for kids in maximum heat, maximum humidity. Now, they would look at that session, and you could see them all looking around at each other, and they were all 
you know, um, one of the things we're really, really big on is do we fill each other's cups here or do we drag our mates down? Because as we all know, guys, when things are tough in life, those negative attitudes, you know, we've spoken about the, you know, I don't, I don't know that I love the saying, but it's like a cancer, it spreads. Yeah. So one little negative voice saying, fuck, that's too hard. It's going to be hot. Next thing, the next kid might go. Then the next kid might go. And it just builds. It's like an energy. It's and easier so to when, it's easier to talk that way. It's easier 100%. to talk the negative than it is yeah. to, to puff your chest up and talk positive. Yeah, it's just an easier, an easier way. So I would say to the kids, you know, one, in, in that moment, I'd be saying, how are, you, how are you contributing to the group at the moment? Are you building people up? Are you filling their cups or are you dragging people down and, and have some self-awareness? And I talk to them about the fact that in these sessions, I'm standing out there, I'm screaming, I'm yelling, I'm positively motivating these kids. And I, and so I would say to them, I said, if I stood there and I said, you can't do this, it's too hot. You're not going to get to the end of this session. How hard would you, how hard do you think it would be? And they said, well, we couldn't do it. So when I'm positive and I'm keeping you upbeat, how, how much of a difference does it make? It makes a massive difference. So, I, you know, I really um, enhance the fact that their own positive that going on within their head is equally, if not more important than the conversation I have with them outside of that. That's so awesome. That's things- awesome, mate. So uh, not just physical training, but you're training them mentally as well. Absolutely. It's if anything, the well for me, the more important thing is that we're building these kids to be amazing humans. Mm. You know, the sport is a secondary component to that. But just getting back to what I was saying in terms of what I got to see, similar to what you guys were saying, is when they would show up and they would see the whole session, it was the biting. It was eating the whole apple in one go. It was too much for them to comprehend. So what we then what we then started to do, they would show up. Okay, oh, what have we got? Don't worry about what we've got. Here's what the first effort is. The first, you know, let's say it was the same session. The first effort's just 100 metres. Then you get a rest. And I would just give the, give, give them the, give them the session bite by bite. Mm. And all of a sudden, they were much more positive. They were much more upbeat. They were finishing an effort and rather than trying to sort of figure out how they were going to get through the effort that was seven efforts further on, they were just focused on the moment. So they were present. That's awesome. And we speak about that all the time. It's just about being present. Um, And I hate to use these, you know, age old acronyms, but I think it speaks really well to sort of what you were touching on then Rue, in terms of how we structure these into smaller goals how we can check in and all that sort of thing. We've all heard that SMART acronym before. You guys would be familiar with that. Yep. So we keep our goals specific. We allow ourselves to measure them. Okay, they have to be able to be measurable. So how do we check in along the way? They must be achievable. So, you know, like Matty was saying, for someone, for someone that isn't hyper-motivated, setting a goal to lose, say, 70 kilos or save 20 to 50 grand that's going to be way too much. But breaking that goal down to be, okay, in the next week, I just want to lose, you know, three quarters of a kilo or I just want to lose a kilo. And all of a sudden what it becomes is over one week, two week, three week, four weeks, I've hit a kilo, I've hit a kilo, I've hit a kilo, I've hit a kilo. Then they start to see that light at the end of the tunnel. 
then they're creating those now new positive neural pathways in the brain where rather than telling themselves they can't do something or they, they, they can't achieve what they want to achieve, they're starting to achieve what they want to achieve. Um, and that comes from, you know, the last two parts of the acronym being, you know, setting realistic objectives and also m making sure that they're time focused. Um, but That's I definitely good. think, I definitely think making sure that you've got these smaller check-in points or just start with a small goal. You know, mm. if you if an exercise is a, is a, I think it's just an easy, simple example, and it's one that a lot of people put into practice starting into the new year. You know, for some people, setting a goal to go and run a marathon too big. Mm. You know, to go from not doing any running to saying I'm going to run a marathon at the end of the year. Yeah, there's some people who'll do that, but for the average punter or people who are more motivated, like Maddie was saying, why not set yourself an objective to run once a week, then run twice a week then run three times a week and build yourself up from there so that you're not setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. yeah. I guess that scenario too, mate, that you're doing with the training, just drip feeding them with their, you know, their first 100, then their 200, their 300. From a physical aspect, you're probably likely to get uh, greater output um, from, from the runners as well because they're not sort of conserving themselves thinking ahead of that four and the 500. You know, they're, they're taking each, each one as, as, you know, the last run they've got to do, so they put everything into it. They're not pacing themselves sort of thing and thinking, shit, I've still got to do that 500-metre sprint. Yeah. So the 300 will go easy or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's 100% correct. Um, and that can also go the other way because, you know, on, on, a, on a really complex and difficult session like that where you're going up and then down again, if they – if they um, exhaust themselves completely at the start, then it is really a hang on towards the end. But I think what we get to see in the kids then is that real character. mental resilience working through, yeah, calling on that in, you know, internal character and going, okay, just push through, just push through. And, and I think, you know, getting away from them and speaking to people in general, isn't that what life's about? You know, like complex times, difficult times bring out our true character. Um, well, it's like uh, building resilience. You, you often talk about the lack of resilience in, in kids these days, and that's just a perfect way of building it, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is, and it's done in a really controlled and measured, um, observed environment, you know, one that, you know, and I know this is a reason that we've had such good uptake with, with these particular kids, but the parents know that they don't just get challenged, they also get supported. And there's been times kids have shown up and they've got any number of complex life situations going on and they're the times where we have to put our arms around them, wrap them up and, and let them know they're okay too. Uh, and I think that, that also is in really, really important with goals. Um, and again, you know, I think... who. I, I think we've spoken about this in another podcast, but it was, it was something I read years ago and it was, you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with in your life. Couldn't I think when, you, when you're setting your goals um, at the start of the year or when you're set, checking in with your goals or whenever you choose to set your goals, this is something I constantly come back to when I'm sitting down with my wife or I'm chatting, you know, to people who are sort of influential within my own life about, where I'm going and what I'm doing. And I think it's really, really important. You know, you, you want to make sure the people you've got around you are lifting you up and they're filling your cup. 
and they're driving you with 100% intention towards where you want to go as a human being. Um, and I know that's something I'm focused on. I know it's something you guys are very, very aware of yourselves, um, knowing that, you know, the different motivations you guys have all got within your lives. Um, but I think that that can be a real tripping hazard for people too. Mm. Don't you reckon when you go through something really hard, and Mickey, you spoke about like the negative part of that, which can be sort of negative talk, it's a bit of a cancer, it can go through and really knock off people's motivation. Don't you reckon um, also the opposite is true? If you survive something really difficult, especially in a group, it really forges some strong friendships, like looking back on things. If you are a group of people and you go through something really tough together, but you sort of triumph over it, it almost like forges a bit of a stronger friendship moving forward. I reckon that's a really good, um, uh, almost like team builder in a way when you sort of go through real hardship together and you share that experience, but you triumph over it. It's so exhilarating and it's something that you can really look back on and be, be proud of uh, and sort of, um, you know, respect each other for. I reckon that, that so, you know, the whole positive negative mindset thing. Oh, I'd look, uh, and I tossed up about whether to share this, but I will for today. Um, you know, I, 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 th- I was sitting down looking at my own goals and, and I'm, I'm pretty forensic with this. So I, I have very short term goals right through to five, I have a five year plan. And, uh, and I've had one goal on my, uh, sorry, I've had one goal on my um, board for six years now. And, uh, I shared with this with you guys in the last couple of weeks, but um, that goal was to get my wife back to her health. And uh, I look at that every day and I've had broken that goal down into everything that I could do as a husband to support that. And um, we were really lucky. Uh, oh, excuse me. Sorry, boys. Um, we were very lucky in the last fortnight um, because my lovely wife went in for her um, annual scan, what's now an annual scan, and um, she was actually given six years uh, clear from stage four cancer. And her oncologist uh, has has said that um, such such is her positive health that he doesn't actually feel there's any necessity to continue scanning her. Um, and it's just, you know, the most uh, incredible news for us as a family. And, you know, what you just said then, Maddie, couldn't be further from the truth. Like, you know, when I reflect back and I know I, um, you know, got onto all you guys in sort of the, the immediate days after that, but, you know, the, it's really weird to say this, but to get to the outcome that we've got to as a family um, and reflect back on the changes in my life and the changes in our family lives, the changes in my friendships, the connections, the awareness, the knowledge that we've acquired, all of those things. Um, it's scary to say this, but I'd go through what we've gone through a hundred times out of a hundred um, if we could get to this outcome even going through all that hardship to be where we are. 
um, because you know where where we're at as a family and and what it's done for us as a family in terms of bringing us closer together, challenging us to really take life by the uh, by the horns and um, and and you know take up every opportunity and go and have experiences and do all those things, but also you know my awareness around my friendships um, and around my connections and where I spend my time who I consult for advice, you know, the learnings that we've, we've acquired, it's just been massive. Um, and, and I think that I'm such a big believer in what you just said, Maddie, that the, the, the greatest learnings in life come from, you know, these adversities. Um, and, you know, no doubt there was a lot of luck involved for us as well, but uh, that was very evenly matched by, a fucking huge amount of work um, and a lot of fucking goal setting. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, so what you said then couldn't ring truer for me. Well, mate, it's awesome yeah. news. And, you know, we, we got the news sharing. a couple of weeks ago and thanks for sharing it. Uh, we were so stoked. But it's credit to you guys as a family because since this all started, you've put so much positive energy into it. Yeah. Uh, and... You know, and you've just had you've just been so proactive in looking at every means possible to overcome that disease, with backed behind this massive positive energy, and that's a credit to you uh, and your wife for that. Uh, you should feel really proud of that uh, because it's it's inspirational, you know, to to attack something like that and to to take it head on. You know, and, and we're talking about goal setting today, and I guess the underlying underpinning thing of a goal is positive energy you know yeah. and, and you've you've guys have displayed that you know a hundred times over yeah and you talk about being lucky i think you make your own luck at times you've worked very hard on that like you said you set those goals you achieved them you worked really hard to get to that position yeah so i think luck yeah maybe a little bit but yeah, yeah. you make your own luck yeah 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 oh. You guys just did so much work around mindset and get, gaining all the knowledge around wellness and nutrition and lifestyle and made know, some big uh, changes too. Some massive yeah. changes and it's obviously all paid off massively. But you know, you talk about luck, but like CJ said, your efforts, um, you know, around mindset and physical lifestyle and eating and everything have definitely played a major, major role in that. And I think if you look at the statistics, which you would know a thousand times better than me around survival rates, you know, I think you've massively influenced um, your outcome by by what you've done. So good on you guys. I'm so happy for you. And yeah, I just, yeah, you, you really deserve it. And uh, yeah, good on you. No, thanks, lads. Thanks. I, th I think that, that, uh, <clears throat> that would probably be another really good point around what you're saying, though, in terms of if people could set goals they connect with, you know, um, I think we've spoken a lot about, and this speaks to the ancestral man thing as well, and I'm hoping you guys can add a bit in here. Is, but there's a lot of people, you know, we're, we're all living on this hamster wheel and we're all paying off high interest debt and we're stuck in this cycle of um, loading ourselves up, getting in our Monday to Friday, you know, jobs and we're paying off our debt and, and we, you know, until we eventually retire and then, you know, how, how motivated are people outside of that 
And I think if I look at um, what we've achieved as a group in the last couple of years in setting this up and coming together, you know, I'm on the other side of the country and, and um, you know, we all understand logistically it can be difficult at times and we're all putting in and doing different things and, and it's been really difficult sometimes to, to, to work out and keep the balance, but we're all connected into this. Do you know what I mean? Like there's something greater than ourselves in what we're doing here. And I think if people can also keep that in mind when they're setting goals, like challenge yourself to get outside your own little box, you know, look to, look to do to, to work towards a goal that really inspires you. Um, I think, I think that's really important for people as well, because I, th I think there's a lot of people just stuck on that hamster wheel. Then they're not super, they're not loving their life. They're not embracing their life. Um, and, and, you know, I think, I think that's really important for people as well. Yeah. I think it's important to take a minute sometimes and really <clears throat> reflect on uh, like what's important to you and what, what do you want to achieve other than just surviving? Like you said, with modern yeah. life and we're all busy and we're all doing things, but I think it's hard for some people or most people, maybe everybody to, to really be honest with themselves and reflect on actually what they want to achieve. Like when you're lying on your deathbed, be that, you know, tomorrow or in 80 years time, you know, what do you want to have done? What's important to you? And then how do you achieve that? Like, because I think people are so busy. You don't, you don't take the time to, to take that breath and take that moment. Even if you need to go and sit for a whole day and just reflect or meditate or journal or whatever you need to do, but have a real honest discussion with yourself and, and work out what's important and go and try and chase that. And when you do achieve something, even if you just have a goal for a day, so you wake up in the morning and you go, right, I've got a, uh, a leg workout today, and you knock that off, you knock it on the head and congratulate yourself for it. So for the good things that you do set out to achieve and you achieve them, like self-talk I, I reckon is a, a massive, massive thing uh, and, a, and a bit of a hurdle with regards to goal-setting uh, but even just mental health itself. I mean, I, I know I'm trying to deal with my own self-talk. Often I'll be doing a task and I, and something will go wrong and I'll call, my, call myself a fucking idiot. Oh, you dickhead, what did you do that for? But all those times I say that, it's compounding this factor, this concept of me being a fucking idiot or, or a useless bastard or something like that, whatever I'm calling myself. And the amount of times I say that, my, my brain's going to start believing it. So I have to try to start, I've got to the point now where I've maybe through wisdom stopped myself saying that and, and revert it back to the science or the, the practicality of what's going on, not blaming myself for it. Okay, so this screw's not going in here because of maybe this reason. It's not because I'm a dumbass. Um, I think self-talk is a, a, a big part of, of goal setting and achieving goals and, and congratulating yourself. And I'm always a big believer also of using words like I will be or I'm going to be. Because I think if you use the words when you're set up, setting up a goal, I want to be or I need to be, wants and needs change. So let's say... Uh, New Year's Eve comes by January 1st, I want to be, I want to lose t 20 kilos in a couple of months. That want can change over time, but if you say to yourself, I'm going to be 20 kilos lighter in two months' time or whatever, or I'm going to weigh this, this amount by this time, I think that's a stronger concept, like that's a definite. 
you know, I am going to be or I am or, or I will be. I am. You know, I, I will I be. Am, it's, a, it's a definite and can't change. And I remember when I was in year nine, uh, this is probably the first goal I ever made without even really thinking about it. I said, I will be a phys ed teacher. And that was just the goal that I wanted to be, you know, vocational education class, you know, you're looking at different jobs. I love PE at school. I love being active. I said, I will be a phys ed teacher. And I didn't set out, you know, strategically to, to achieve that. But maybe by saying that, I started studying hard in year 11 and 12. I got a good mark in TE. I went to uni. I passed uni. I become a phys ed teacher. So I think subconsciously by me saying that, I, I placed all these little minor steps to achieve it. So I think self-talk is a real positive, you know, I will be or I'm going to be, whatever. Yeah, thoughts and words are bloody powerful, aren't they? Oh, man. What, what you think about yourself and yeah. what you say, whether yeah. it's what you're saying to yourself or what you're actually verbalising, that's that's that'll play out. That That is what's going to happen. If you're a useless piece of shit and you tell yourself that all the time, you will probably end up being a useless piece of shit because yeah. that's what you believe. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so powerful, yeah. thoughts and words. It's Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's underestimated, isn't it, the power of our mind? Massively, yep. It's interesting. I had it. I had a mentor and, uh, and he, and he used to write down every single thing the night before that he needed to achieve the next day. And one of the things he spoke about guys was, um, he would, he would write down, get up, have a shit, make my bed, have a coffee. Um, like all of these menial little tasks that he needed to, or he knew he would be achieving in the morning, he would write them all down. And he would, he, what, what, what he said it did was is because by, by the time he got into the kitchen, he was already able to tick off five things, yeah. get up, brush my teeth, go to the toilet, make my bed, blah, blah, blah. So he was already setting in, in place that he was achieving before he'd even walked out the door of his house. Yeah, that's gold. That's the whole fact of making your bed. The first thing you do in the morning is you make your bed. Yeah. You've achieved yeah. something for the day. If you don't achieve anything for the rest of the day, you made your bed. Yeah, and I love that. You know that 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 really that's something I'm big on with with my kids as well. Is and he, my little fellow's only five, and but he complains. Why well, do I have to make me bed every day? And I say that to him, Rue, and he doesn't really understand at the moment because you know he's five years old. Cognitively, he's not on that level, but he still gets up and he makes it. Um, and I think I think it's a really for people who struggle with. Um, getting to those longer-term goals, I think that's a really good way of letting yourself know that you're achieving things, you know, however small they are. Um, and it's a great habit to get into if you can be motivated to do it. <laughs> I've never heard anyone uh, say taking a shit is an achievement. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Did> <laughs> it. Yeah. That, that was a every good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he specifies, I want to make it a one wiper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Making the bed, I get. Uh, yeah, doing a dumb in the morning, it's pretty good. But well, interestingly, that you've 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 brought up brought up a pretty good point, and we bring it back to if if you look at goal setting, you talk about sort of it can be something as vast and challenging as overcoming a stage four cancer diagnosis. You obviously broke that down into setting goals and having measurable, achievable results, as well as day-to-day stuff like <laughs> doing, doing a shit you know having having goals and, and the ability to tick things off yeah it must be very motivating 
And I reckon it's um, touched on there, Mickey, visualisation. I think that's an important part of goal setting. With your shit? <laughs> <laughs> I don't reckon you should turn around and have a look at it. Just to make well, sure that everything's always, okay. Yeah. There's no blood look at it. mine every day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good gander and see what's going yeah, on. Yeah. yeah. Take a bit of pride when it blocks the toilet up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I derailed us. But yeah, visualisation I think is important um, with words, pictures, reminders posted around the house. Um, but, you know, then those little reminders move to different place because they can become inverted commas, unnoticed, you know, they become a part of the scenery, so you just stop looking at them. So you need to move them around uh, to, to prominent places, you know, in the mirror where you're brushing your teeth and your, your rear view mirror in your car, you know, places that you're going to look on a regular basis. And I think visualisation is um, an important part of, of, uh, of goal setting. So looking at how, how you want to be or where you want to be at the end of your goal, Yep. What 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 that looks like? What I think that's a great point, and and I think if you look at people who are, you know, the most successful in their fields, you know, for uh, you know, we we probably speak a lot about sports people and things like that, guys. But you know, like I I, I look at people who are my heroes growing up, like Michael Jordan. Um, you know, uh, I remember watching Kieran Perkins swim, things like that, and you listen to them talk, and that visualization is massive. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, something I definitely in, uh, employed through my, my own, um, you know, uh, sporting um, uh, experiences that I had. But, uh, you know, seeing yourself in the position of being where you want to be and having that full sensory experience. Um, we've spoken before about how, uh, you know, if someone has a car accident, I think we used that example before, um, and they have that full sensory experience of having the car accident and then they have the dream that night of having the car accident. The brain can't determine between the thought of the experience and the experience itself. That's the same for, posit for, for positive experiences. So, a lot, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, he didn't just take all the game-winning shots. He didn't just win the championships. He would have seen himself, and he speaks a lot about this through different documentaries. He saw himself doing that stuff. He mm. felt himself having the championship, being the, the most valuable player. Um, you know, he had the experience of doing those things before he lived them out. And I think that, you know, you guys you guys were only just saying a second ago that you you effectively are what you tell yourself you are. You know, what you think about you bring about. So having that experience at a sensory level, and it's a really challenging thing, but it can be achieved through visualization, meditation, um, you know, and that can be done in many different ways, of, as we've said before, but going and taking yourself into the experience, you know, even if it was something like having a new car, you know, or, or setting yourself a goal of, of buying a four wheel drive. One of the first things I would say to people to go and do is go and hop in that car, take it for a test drive and have the sensory experience of what it's like to own that vehicle. You know, I think that would be absolutely huge towards driving that person towards achieving that outcome. Well, that reminds me of, uh, you know, that, that mental sort of power of say you're deciding to buy a certain car and then yeah. as you're driving along before you've actually purchased it, you notice so many more of those types of cars 
Have you noticed yeah. that? Yeah. Because yeah. it's the power of your brain recognizing something that you desire. And there's a lot of power that in that simple concept. And I guess that's what you're sort of alluding to there, Mick. Uh, mm. you, know, you visualize yourself seeing something and you see it. And I, I suppose these elite sports people are probably better at maybe naturally gifted or, or more uh, trained at visualizing. They, they, they would have visualization techniques and training during their training processes. Uh, so for the everyday sort of bozo like, like us, you'd have to go and, and make a, an exerted effort to train yourself to become a better visualizer mm. um, or, or, you know, do some study on it. I'll tell you guys a very quick story about the power of uh, visualization. When I was a young fella, I was a first year uni student and um, I'm quite an introverted fella and I, I hate public speaking. I'm like the majority of people. Like it's just, I don't mind it now, but when I was young, I, I very much didn't like public speaking. I used to get very, very nervous. And I remember first semester, first year of uni, sitting in the lecture hall and they were outlining um, what the unit was going to be for the year. And it culminated in doing uh, quite a big um, public speaking effort to showcase some results. And it was about it was about 10 weeks away. It was towards the end of the semester. And I remember immediately starting to almost feel physically sick and just terrified of the thought that I had to go and do this talk. It was only in front of about 50 people, but just terrified me. That's where I was at with my public speaking. And I didn't really know about this uh, power of positive thought or anything like that, but I just thought to myself, I'm going to imagine every single day standing up in front of that audience and not having any nerves. And every single day, a few times, I, I thought to myself, I imagined myself delivering the speech without tension, without stress, and just saying what I wanted to say. And I don't really know why I chose to do that, but I did it for the whole semester. And fast forward to the end, I got up and did my speech and I had no nerves. I wow. had just conditioned my mind. I'd, I'd, I'd played that scene in my mind so many times in so much detail. I even knew what room I was going to do it in and I knew what my surroundings were going to be and I imagined it in as much detail as I possibly could and I always imagined a, a positive outcome and it going well and it played out like exactly like that. It's like by the time I got up there, I was almost like an actor running out of script that I'd already seen in my mind and it just worked to a T. Wow, that's awesome. Um yeah, so I yeah. guess that, that's a, you, like man. an example of that. Yeah. It, it really helped the me. power so. of thought. Power of thought. All I did was mm. think about it. Yeah. Probably sure. thought about it for 30 seconds or a minute a few times a day. Yeah. And that was enough to, to get me over that. And It's like a sports event. You know, 100%, often, yeah. often competitors will uh, think about the event the night before, what yeah. they're going to do. So they're, they're, And even weeks before, probably, they're thinking about how they're going to perform that, that event. Yep. You know, you got the other other side, you know, sometimes, you know, back in the day playing footy, uh, your, your coaches say don't think about the game too much the, the, a couple of days beforehand because you might, you know, play the game out in your head before you've played it. But I think that's a bit of a negative sort of way of looking at it. I think you can you can consider a game or a sport and how you're going to play it and picture yourself doing all these great things in that game. And that's going to op- allow you to have that openness to, to possibly do those things. And the opposite's true. If you picture yourself fucking it up, you will. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody happens. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Picture yourself, I don't know, tripping when you go out on stage or yeah. dropping an easy mark or whatever it is. Yeah. You'll, you'll bloody do it. It's yeah. like your brain's so powerful. That biology of belief or whatever it is, if you believe something, positive or negative, chances are it'll play out. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. I wonder how that works on a world, a world uh, basis. I mean, the, the world is going through changes at the moment 
and there's negative things going on and there's positive things going on and, you, and often the negative things are the things you hear most about but there's this underlying positivity that we can resist the negative changes and and positively change the world yeah i think as a collective humans become positively charged together you know when when that when that thought spreads positivity will always overcome negativity yeah i believe a lot in uh, like the collective consciousness yeah both positive or negative yeah but i think it's very important for us all to co- you know you hear about high vibes and all that sort of stuff I 100% buy into that. Yeah. That's 100% a thing. And I think there's a reason why when you turn on mainstream media, everything's negative. Yeah. Pe- people are drawn towards negativity a little bit. Yeah. And I think, Mickey, you know, you've probably come across a lot of studies that the human mind is sort of more um, uh, more designed to take in negative information because it's almost more of a safety feature to keep yourself safe from adversity. But, yeah, high vibes, keeping it positive, collective consciousness. I think that's just a massive thing for for humanity. Could you imagine the 6 o'clock news just being a half hour of positive stories? You never hear a bloody positive one, do you? It's always like, oh, granny got bashed and a little kid got hit by a car and the world economy's fucked and the climate's changing and we're all going to die of bushfires and heat waves. They might have one final little positive story at the end of the the news. So you reckon less and less that happens now? Yeah. I don't know. But it's normally something stupid. It's yeah. normally something like, I um, don't oh know, a dog did a backflip or something like that or something like ridiculous. Like a that learns to water ski or something. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's something. I think that's Anchorman. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you're spot on. It's where I get most of my knowledge from. <laughs> <laughs> Works 100% of the time, 60% of the time. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah but uh, yeah. Uh, so I guess wrapping it up. Or not wrapping it up, just sort of a few takeaways for the. We get closing in on an hour. Cl- a few takeaways for the for the modern ancestral man listener. With with our goal setting, this this episode will probably come out probably in the new year, close to the new year after Christmas at least, when everyone's sort of looking to get some positive vibes going, change uh, the the last month of drinking and eating too much, taking away. From what sort of Mickey was saying earlier, that SMART acronym I think would be pretty good for the listener. Yeah. Uh, when we're setting our goals, you know, being specific, having our time frames and little checkpoints in there, having short-term goals that you can kind of tick off, making them achievable and realistic and have a, have a time frame. I think that would be pretty good for the listener to, to use going forward. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Another little bit of free advice from the modern ancestral man. Yeah. I reckon if you can, try and grab someone to do it with as well. If you can find a positive partner who's, who's on a similar journey to, to you. Great call. Well, it's almost accountability, isn't it? It's accountability. Yeah. Like uh, like for me, I'd, I'm more committed if I feel, feel like I'm letting someone else down. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. think it's it's some people are like that. It's more motivating too to bounce yeah. things yeah. off some people, isn't it? You know, if you're... I know that 95% stat about people making New Year's resolutions don't ever, you know, come true. It's definitely massive in the in the fitness industry. If you look at if you look at gym memberships, I think 80% of them are taken up in January, and people don't use them. You know, they they sign up in January, they go hard for a month or two, and then they're done. But if you have an accountability with a friend, you say, okay, we're going to the gym today. 5 p.m. I'll meet you there after work. Might be a long day at work. You, if that was just you, you might go, ah, I'm done here. I'm going home. It's easy. But if you've got some motivation or some accountability, a mate there that's helping you out, I reckon that's a pretty 
pretty good thing. And we we often talk about building a tribe. We talked that a lot in the early episodes. I know Mickey's big on the tribe. You know, if you've got your mates around you, your good friends, having that accountability and motivation would help, I reckon. Definitely. Well, the ancestral man, he'd have his tribe and they'd be, they'd be setting goals. They'd yep. be setting a goal for the day. You know, there's a, a woolly mammoth. Go we're going to work together. We're going we're gonna to kill that that beast and we're going to eat it. Let's do it. Yep. Yep. Uh, and if uh, one of the boys is feeling a little bit off today, ah, uh, boys, I'm not really up to spearing that woolly mammoth today. <laughs> I've got a bit of a sore ankle. You're out the tr- 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no worries, mate. When we bring it back in pieces, you're not getting any of it. You can eat some of the you roots eat, and berries. You the hoof. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have the liver. Yeah. Hey Mick, thanks for sharing that uh, thing, man, about yeah. your family. Thanks for yeah, sharing that. Awesome. It's um, awesome news. You guys have been through the ringer and uh, you've come out of it. You should be proud. We're proud uh, of you. Thanks very much. I appreciate that, boys. And uh, you know, I know I said this to you individually, but I've, I, we wouldn't be where we are without people like you guys who've been behind us. Um, so we are very grateful. You know, beyond grateful. And uh, you know, that's a big part of the reason that. Uh, we, we're doing what we're doing as a group here as well is to keep on giving back, um, you know, and uh, not that we've got Joe Rogan listenership yet. Um, and I say yet because I am visualising myself sitting in Joe Rogan's studio doing our Modern Ancestral Man podcast. But um, <laughs> Get us on there, Joe. Um, we're ready. But, uh, you know, boys, we're, we're, uh, if we can we can help one person, which we know we've definitely done, uh, we're doing great things. So I look forward to mu- much more of this over the years. Great way Beautiful. to end, Mickey. Good sign off. Should we Most get our definitely. air guitars ready? Yeah. Go Good on, on, guys. Go yeah, on. get on the Modern Ancestral Man Instagram page. Check us out there. We've got our link to all the episodes. We've got our... Email there if you want to click on that. Send us a message. Let us know how we're going. That'll be great. Mm. I'd like to hear some feedback. We get often get a bit of feedback. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. good. It'd be great to get some feedback from some of our listeners. Yeah, it's good stuff. Mm. Anyway, happy New Year. Yeah, happy New Year, boys. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah, and uh, good boys. Set we'll those s- goals for twenty twenty three. Yeah, that's it. Wow, we're here. Good luck. See you right, next boys. Year. See, you, See boys. you, boys. Bye.